Matthew, Mark, Luke, where are you? Uh, right there. Okay. Chapter 1 and the portion of scripture uh, for this hour will be verse 18 through verse 25. And we shall certainly uh, humble our hearts to recognize the structure of the context and the information uh, that was uh, written down by the mind of inspiration, governed by the outpouring power of the Holy Spirit upon Luke, of course. Luke being an educated man, a physician, he would certainly speak with the mind of a physician, with detail and uh, structure and order. And certainly that is wonderful. One thing we must recognize as his people is the function of his assembly and that all things are done orderly, and that they are done in accordance to the instruction of the Scriptures. For we must recognize and accept this fact. None things are certain in this life but the Word of God. It is the foundation, the objective, absolute structure of truth, which sets us free, of course, from the bondage of things that might be erroneous or uh, 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 misguided if you will. In this account here, we saw last week how um, Zacharias and Elizabeth were going to be the recipients of a child, and how these individuals were believers in God, and that they were faithful to God, and they had commitment to the assembly and to the practice of the law. And the things that were orderly in their custom in accordance to their, uh, the holy writings. And so that is notable. And that is certainly an example of faith we should follow. A heart that is humble and willing to do as God would instruct. And um, we shall see, however... Even those among us of great faith, such as Zacharias and Elizabeth, there can be the um, fallen temptation to embark a thought or a position that would show one's weak spot, a weakness in one's faith, if you will. In verse 17 of chapter 1, to allow us again the memory of the context, it says, and I quote, It is he who will go as a forerunner before him, speaking of the child that Zacharias and Elizabeth will be blessed to have. This child we commonly know as John, the one who would immerse. John the Immerser. John the Baptist, of course. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him, the Christ, in the spirit and power of Elijah, the power of prophecy, the power of the prophet, of course, and he quotes scripture, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and to the disobedient, to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And upon this here information, the Holy Spirit has us read verse 18. Zacharias said to the angel, to the messenger, How will I 
know this for certain. For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And uh, we speak upon this information. Here is the messenger of the great I am. Gabriel, of course, to be revealed. And he is in communication with Zacharias to deliver some good news, some information that is held with great blessing. He will have a child. And it is interesting for Zacharias, as a man of faith, a man who has belief in God and has been actively involved with his faith. That at this moment, he would retract from that faith to his doubt and uncertainty. And it is indeed, of course, a witness to our human condition and the frailty of our thoughts and faith in God at times. One would not think that a man like Zacharias would have found any argument or necessity to doubt the angel. And we remember in the text previously when the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense, Zacharias, verse 12, was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. And then, of course, he was instructed not to have fear, not to find himself in terror or fright, but to be peaceable, to be comforted, for there is good news at the hands of this messenger. And at the hands of this messenger, which is a supernatural being, inserting himself in the natural realm in which you and I are submissive to, fracturing the natural realm, an insertion of a divine power and presence with a message the thought, of course, to the human mind is, well, this can't be done. I'm old, and my wife is old. How can this be? And I find it interesting in the eye. It shows a bit, perhaps, of selfishness within the realm of his concern or uncertainty. Zacharias said to the messenger in verse 18, How will I know this for certain? Well, you won't. For I am an old man. Yes, you are. And my wife is advanced in years. That is true. And so, of course, the idea is how could something in this fashion, something of this conduct, become fruitful? Well, you see, therein, the concern. Zacharias said to the messenger, How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. You see, through the, through the conduit of humanity, such a thing is not possible. It takes a supernatural divine insertion 
and to the account of Zacharias and Elizabeth in order to be the recipients of the blessing, the child. And it was, of course, purpose-driven for the fulfillment of the gospel plan for the Christ to come and set mankind free from the bondage of sin. So Zacharias said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? Well, you won't. And it is very true that we don't most times anyways. But the point is to have trust in the one who does. I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't either. We tend to think that the pattern of today kind of hope or goal or purpose or safety net or any kind of foundation, well, it has to be. And this is indeed what Gabriel, the messenger, came to bring Zacharias, the word of God, yet Zacharias doubted the word of God. A man of faith. And you can see how these things can contaminate any of us. Whether the measurement of your faith is categorized higher than others, or most, it matters not. You can have a weakness, you can have a blind spot that you're not looking at, you're not recognizing, and here you are faced with a moment of reality that you may not be ready and willing to accept. Religiously, we know that is a very difficult hurdle to persevere through or conquer. If we were born and raised in a certain religious worldview or tradition, it's, diff it's very difficult for us to, to change from that. And so, I find it quite revealing in sharing to you these thoughts upon the context of the chapter. Luke chapter 1, verse 18, again, Zacharias has concern, he has doubt, he is seeking more so the answer through human will, and it cannot be done through human mind. It has to come from the word of God to be purposed and fulfilled. And in verse 19, the messenger, of course, answers Zacharias and says, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak speak to you and to bring you this good news. It is not in the will and mind of man to accomplish the blessing that is to come with a child. It will be through the word of God's fulfillment and the power of divine sourcing. I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I am in the faith of the great I am, in service to his will. And I have been sent, there is purpose driven to this fulfillment. I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news, which is most important for us to pay attention to, because we tend to think that religious insight or uh, receiving comes from an experience of emotional investment when the fact is it has to be written it has to be spoken it's the word of God I need you to build me a house very well sir how should I go about it you'll feel it you'll be fine 
As you hold the hammer and the nail and the measuring tape, you'll feel them work with you and you'll be able to build a house through your emotional investments. Well, any contractor would look at you and be like, uh, no, uh, what I do need from you though, sir, uh, is a blueprint. I need the instructions that has the specific measurements so that we can know how to build this properly so that it can be accepted legally and you can find yourself in a home structured with a foundation that will not crumble upon you in the middle of the night. And we understand that very clearly, do we? But yet at times, why do we seek to enter into the world, uh, world of religion and Christianity and think it's some kind of a wave that tosses us to and fro? No, my dear friends, Zacharias, please. Trust the word of God. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. The good news we proclaim, and I insert, of course, practical application to our lives this day. When we seek to have individuals lost out there in the world in sorrow, in pain, in uncertainty, in doubt, then the Word of God is there to heal them, to sober their thoughts, and to bring them into the purpose of this life. Again, we look in the mirror and we ask ourselves, why, why are we here this day? What's the purpose of it? Friendship? Well, that's very good. Friendship is a good thing. Fellowship? To share a meal together? Well, that's good. And that is indeed a wonderful thing, a blessing that God instructs us to practice. To be social together is a good thing. To cultivate friendship and family is a wonderful thing. But truly, what is the priority source of your presence here this day? If it is nothing else but the good news of our Lord and Master and the freedom we have in Christ, friends, you may be missing the mark. And so behold, he says in verse 20, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. What things? Well, Zacharias and Elizabeth were going to have a child. The child was going to be John. John was going to pave the way for the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ, the Savior of the world, the King, our Lord. What a blessing that is to be. But yet Zacharias is a man of faith, a believer, active in his faith, producing good works for his Lord, is now found in a breach of his trust. And so the messenger has consequence. And consequence for him, of course, is disciplinary. And that is necessary at times if we find ourselves as believers doubting the word of God. God will insert disciplinary providence to have us challenged and pierced and humbled to believe and trust in him solely. So behold, you shall be silent, the, uh, the, the verse 20 says. You shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe. What? What did you not believe? What does the verse say? Because you did not believe my words. You came to speak. It's interesting, the word spirit. Because the word spirit, if you look at the uh, instruction of 
the language, spirit, is breath, it's word. So one says, he has a good spirit, he has a bad spirit. He speaks in spirit. He's, we, use, we utilize the word spirit quite often. The Bible is filled with the word spirit. It speaks, of course, in two formats. The first being deity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And the other, of course, is word, spirit. Are you aware that the scriptures tell us to test the spirits? That is not mythical. It is not sensational. It's not a strange wind of experience and emotion. It's very sober. It's tangible. It means listen to the words he or she speaks. Breath, spirit. What are they saying? Are they saying what this book teaches or something quite differently? Zacharias needed to pay attention to the word spoken, the spirit spoken, and accept it, yet he found himself in doubt, and now there is consequence, there is discipline. Behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. At times we claim to be believers, believers in Christ, Christians, and yet the book is opened before us, and a verse so plainly, clearly written challenges us, and we doubt. Well, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, I don't, that cannot be true. Because we think of all the ramifications of its truth. Zacharias, you're old. Your wife is old. We're going to bear a child? That's a challenge I'm not ready for. That's a challenge I can't even know could be possible. It's impossible. No, it is. The Word of God has said it. It is. So the people, of course, were right waiting for Zacharias in verse 21 and were wondering at his delay in the temple. Right? This is unorthodox. What is taking place here? Zacharias, in structure and in order, does what he needs to do in his faith, and then we see him again, and we're accustomed to it. It's similar to our ways and traditions. Well, we know that tomorrow we will wake up at 6 a.m., and we will get ourselves prepared, and we'll go to work, and we'll do this, and we'll do that. And we have a structure of what happened yesterday, today, and we think, well, tomorrow the same. And so why is Zacharias now... And delay what's taking place. And they were wondering why this was taking place, of course. But when he came out in verse 22, he was unable to speak to them. Which I find quite interesting, because the power of God has made mute man speak. And now makes man who can speak mute. And they realized that he, that is Zacharias, had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. So he is, of course, now in a novice state of communication, trying to speak to his brethren and can't utilize the word. That must be so strange. And of course, this is a supernatural recorded and witnessed account. It is a divine insertion of God's will to the fulfillment of John to be born, paving the way for the Messiah. Yet never in violation of man's free will to think for himself, 
which is quite fascinating to me. So when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. Something great had taken place in there, something quite perhaps fearful, and he kept making them sign, signs and remained mute. And when the days of his priestly service, in verse 23, were ended, he went back home. Yet still, as the recipient of discipline, functioning faithfully to the task and office at hand, at times, my dear friends, we may be going through a great many things. God at times may discipline us. Why are you here? Are you paying attention to the words being spoken? Are you allowing the message to infiltrate your thoughts and govern your mind? If so, at times you may be found in moments that are quite challenging in your life, will you let go your task, your integrity to Christianity, to the faith and commitment you have to the local assembly, which belongs to our Lord and Master? The East Coast congregation is growing. We must remain united in good faith, a free-thinking mind. When the days of his priestly service were ended, he went back home. Now after these days, verse 24, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. And she kept herself in seclusion for five months. And in her seclusion, she was saying, of course, in verse 25, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me. And pay attention, dear friends, look at the verse, to take away my disgrace among them. A wife in the first century, incapable of bearing a child. It must have been quite challenging for her to not have an heir to produce a son to her husband, feeling her womb, knowing her womb, barren, incapable of producing child. That is devastating. In today's world, we, we tend to, to encourage that, don't we, in our current fallen culture. Oh, it's a good thing you can't have children. They're a pest anyways, and they're always burdensome, and they cost a lot of money. Let's murder them. Let's just not call it murder. We'll call it health care. That make it better? Well, things were quite different, of course, in the first century, in the honor and blessing of a child. And to be taken away from that opportunity and that blessing, that security, that lineage, of course, would have been shameful to one's mind, feeling shunned, perhaps, I'm not in the inner circles now anymore. I can't produce a child. The point is, of course, Zacharias and Elizabeth were faithful to God. They believed in God. But they allowed their human condition to have doubt. To have a selfish need to look inward and say, well, we can't. That's impossible. That's uncertain. We're old. What do you mean? <laughs> While speaking to a power before them, messenger, Gabriel. 
But yet still, God's mercy, his grace, his suffering long with mankind, still yet fulfilled the plan by having the womb of Elizabeth now with child. And I love the way it speaks in the text to say, take away my disgrace. If we are believers in God, at times we may certainly find ourselves weak and lacking faith in certain departments of our walk here in this life. Perhaps your struggle is apathy. Maybe you find this boring. Maybe you're accustomed to things that are emotionally driven by the minds of men and structured in error. Perhaps you are accustomed to a great many other things, and so you find your faith wavering one way or another and idle. Maybe your struggle or our struggle is in different other formats. There's a lot of corruption out there in this world. And there are a great many uh, immoral things enforced upon the people. Maybe that is our struggle. Nonetheless, if we simply submit to our Lord and Master and trust in Him, He too might take away our disgrace. It's interesting how God is eagerly waiting to forgive us of our sins, but at times we ourselves are not willing to forgive ourselves of our sins because of how deep that scar may have been cut in our hearts. There would be freedom for Zacharias and Elizabeth. There would be purpose in their life to bear a son, bringing forth the fulfillment in his office, the Christ to come. And I find it interesting how words in the scriptures stand out. And if you are an honest student of the scripture, you are capable of recognizing a few things. It is by the word of God you will find truth. Not a religious experience. You had a dream last night? That won't do nothing for you. It may be quite an experience to have a dream. We've all had dreams. I've had dreams that are quite vivid and colorful. And I, I wake up and I think, what was that? It's a dream. It's a dream. It's a renaissance of many things in your memoir and your nostalgic path that have come to perhaps haunt you or perhaps give you a, a moment of peace. It's a dream. No, but I felt this and I felt that. Perhaps you have. But what will you trust? Zacharias trusted in things that don't last. He trusted in his age. I'm old. He's trust, he trusted in his doubts. I'm uncertain. If we trust in other things but the word, we will falter. This is the structure and growth of our local assembly here. That we go to this book for instruction and nothing else. The word of God was spoken. It had good news. Zacharias, you will be a father to a child. Elizabeth, you will be a mother to a child. Stop trusting in yourself. 
in self there is no way to fulfill, but through God there is. And as a result, disgrace was taken away, blessing was received, child in the womb, the word of God fulfilled. First Peter 3.21 again says, No, not 321, sorry. Chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Yeah, that's what I said, I believe. Oh, sometimes I get mixed up. Which is why you should always trust the book. <laughs> I may be mistaken, you see. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through... The living, enduring Word of God. You see that? Zacharias and Elizabeth needed to stop trusting in self, because self will always falter. And they needed to begin trusting in the Word of God. For in the Word of God, you become the recipient of salvation. And all of us who are born again have done so because we've read it in this book. But yet a great many times we've been told to trust an emotion. Well, I felt saved. Don't go to court with a feeling. Feelings are very good. And they are a blessing. But don't go to court with a feeling. The judge will throw you down. He needs evidence. And the evidence, of course, is in the written word. And to that end, the invitation always. The word of God reveals the uniqueness of his kingdom, the uniqueness of his church. And the uniqueness of the plan of salvation on how one receives the forgiveness of sins. Jesus certainly said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever is born again, born out of water and the spirit. That is a necessity. It is not up for debate, as we so say. And if we could simply put our faith in his word, trust in him, believe in him, we would qualify to be immersed into his body. As the instructions of the scriptures, Mark 16, 16, Galatians 3, 26, 27, 1 Peter 3, 21, Colossians 2, 12, and so many others, Acts 2, 38, 8, 36, 22, 16, so on and so forth. Trusting in God, not of meritorious earning or boasting, but full faith in Him to be immersed, plunged, dipped, submerged, clothed, buried, Romans 6, 3, and 4, and to come up clean, born again, added to his kingdom. That is, of course, available to all who seek his mercy, his grace. And if that is indeed something that you seek to do this day, this time, you can approach us afterwards. And we would be more than joyful to see you saved by Jesus. Thank you, my dear friends. That will finish off the, the, the section here. Next week, Lord willing, we shall go through verse 26 through 38. Let's move forward with a song.